Hello, and welcome to the library beneath the hidden staircase. The beauty of this library is no matter what librarian you have, the stories these old, tattered books contain are always worth the read. I am your new librarian, Kristen Seavey, from Murder, She Told podcast. Now don't be too scared down here. Just stay close to my flashlight and all will be well. Let's get into today's story. The Law of Conservation of Energy states that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, only converted from one form of energy to another. During our human existence, we often expend significant amounts of energy, especially when feeling strong emotions such as joy, grief, anger, and heartache. Since that energy can't be destroyed, it will stay here in the earthly realm even after the person who released it has since passed away. That is how things we often call ghosts remain in certain places. Have you ever wondered why things like old hospitals, asylums, and prisons often have reports of hauntings? Well, if you've ever spent any time in one, you'll already know that they are places filled with strong emotional energy, mostly negative. When someone who spent a great deal of their time alive expending negative energy dies, that energy remaining can be so strong that it can appear to the living in visual, audible, and even physical forms. Think of them as echoes of that person's life. Now, echoes can be fun and even beautiful, but if you are alone, especially at night, and hear an echo, that beauty can quickly turn to fear, another strong energy. Our brains try to make sense of our world, and when they can't figure something out, our fight-or-flight instincts kick in. When we come face-to-face with the unknown, especially when we can't see it to fight, the flight in us takes over, and we race out of the situation. All of that is our brain's way of keeping us alive. What do you think you would do if placed in a situation where your brain can't rationalize what's happening around you? For those who visit Sloss Furnace in Birmingham, Alabama, that question is usually quickly answered. Opening in 1882, Sloss Furnace was the main manufacturer of pig iron in the United States, supplying steel for New York skyscrapers and even vehicles being pumped out of Detroit. It was the heyday of the Industrial Revolution, and it provided much-needed jobs to the lower class. Often coming into the city from small country towns, the mill gave the underprivileged an opportunity to provide for their families. But with the opportunity of employment also came the potential for great injury or even death. During the mill's 89-year run at producing pig iron, approximately 60 workers lost their lives while countless others were severely injured due to the unsafe and unregulated working environment. In the summer, the furnace could get up to 150 degrees, but the men weren't allowed breaks on their 12-hour shifts. The men were exposed to hazardous breathing conditions, often causing disorientation, 
leading to even more accidents. According to legend, there's one particular name in Sloss history when 47 workers died in horrific accidents. Under the reign of a man, they call Slag. His real name was James Robert Wormwood. Slag was the foreman of the graveyard shift at Sloss Furnace. Under his reign, production skyrocketed, as did the number of deaths and injuries due to his brutal style of management, forcing workers to push themselves past their bodily limits in an effort to impress his own bosses. Most of the workers being poor country dwellers and immigrants, they often lived in small shacks on the grounds and could be forced to return to work at any moment. If they refused, they were fired and had no other option but to risk their lives and obey. The only thing that Slag cared about was making sure the hungry furnaces were pumping out the highly valued iron. Workers could be replaced, but the furnace must be kept fed and alive. During the Industrial Revolution, safety practices were extremely lax or non-existent to many of the companies popping up to meet demands of the quickly expanding country. No other country had more dangerous working conditions than the United States at that time. Even when injured workers or their families attempted to sue the companies, they were often dismissed, with few victories going to the victims, similar to today when workers attempt to go after a major company for compensation. Sloss Furnace was in a perfect position geographically to meet the demand for steel, being close to coal and ore needed to produce it. Pig iron is the product of smelting iron ore, also ilmenite, with a high carbon fuel and reductant such as coke, usually with limestone as a flux. For those who are unaware of minerals and crystals, you'll know that one of the main ingredients used in production Ilmenite has far more purposes than just creating the sought-after iron. Ilmenite is known as the Stone of Enlightenment. It helps you recognize opportunities and motivates you to push forward confidently. Ilmenite clears the mind, bringing clarity and easing tension. It's also protective and grounding and can absorb and transmute negative energy. The main ingredient is a literal magnet of negative energy something that was rampant at the deadly mill. Mix that with the hunger to impress and greed. Then the pieces of this deadly puzzle begin to come together quickly. All of the negativity being produced alongside the steel was being absorbed right back into the mill and even the pig iron itself, trapped there even to this day. During his time at Sloss Furnace, James Slag had more deaths and injuries under his supervision than any other foreman that ever worked there. His mistreatment of workers was outweighed by his vast production. Many of the graveyard shift workers were of the most desperate for employment, and he took advantage of it, even if they were injured. If he didn't deem it as serious, he would force them to continue to feed the furnace. Many men were permanently blinded, burned, or suffered irreparable bodily damage that would often cause them to be unable to work ever again. 
They knew the risks, but had no other choice but to take them. When you hear that 47 men died under his supervision, you might think that he worked there for quite a long time. But that would not be the case. All of those deaths occurred in only three years that he was employed at the mill. Of course, someone with the results he had wasn't fired. Old Slag met a more grisly fate in October of 1906. Workers at the time stated that he must have become delirious due to the methane gas that the furnace produced. They claim that he was standing atop one of the highest blast furnaces, also known as Big Alice. Slag is said to have lost his balance and plummeted into a pool of molten iron ore, melting his body almost instantly. No workers were ever brought to trial, but it's believed that they had grown tired of his treatment of them and it all joined forces to feed him to the very furnace that he cared about keeping alive so deeply. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts and follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. After his death, Sloss Industries quickly stopped the graveyard shift, particularly due to no one wanting to take over Slack's position but also due to the increasing reports of mysterious incidents by workers. These are reports of disembodied voices, chains, and other things moving when no one was around them, quickly dropping temperatures, footsteps, and some claiming that they have seen shadowy figures lurking in the darkness. A few even stated that they had been shoved or pushed and told to get back to work by the voices like that of a night watchman in 1926 when he was monitoring the mill alone one night. 
1947, there was an incident involving three supervisors that went missing. They were later all found unconscious, locked inside the boiler room. None of the men had any memory of how they got into the room, but they all claimed that the last thing they remembered was being approached by an entity whose skin appeared to be horrifically burned and shouted at them to get back to pushing steel. The night before the plant closed in 1971 is when the worst occurrence happened as a different night watchman was making a final reminiscing last walk around. A figure that he claimed to be the most frightening thing he ever laid eyes on approached him. He stated that it was half human, half demon, an evil entity that attempted to force him up a flight of stairs. When he refused, he said that it began to hit him with its fists repeatedly before he made a run for it. After the attack, he was examined by a doctor who discovered that he was covered in intense burns. The night watchman, Samuel Blumenthal, would die before he would ever return to the mill again. The majority of incidents reported also happened to occur during the months of September and October, during the same working hours, the dreaded midnight shifts would have been active. Are they just playing a prank on unsuspected visitors? Or are they the residual energy left over by Joseph Slag, still attempting to cause pain to others? To this day, Sloss Furnace is still visited by tourists and paranormal investigators. In the year 2000, Sloss was studied once again by the paranormal team of Fox's Scariest Places, who concluded that it was one of the highest rates of unnatural energy they'd ever encountered. On October 4th, 2003, while investigating the mill, a man named Josh Thomas, who had worked at the mill, was attacked and suddenly burst into flames after witnessing a strange, shadowy figure approach him. He suffered burns up and down his body, was taken to the hospital. He still cannot recall what happened. Even eerier, the unexplained incident happened almost exactly to the day of the attack on Samuel Blumenthal. Even psychics that have gone to the mill all claim that it is a location rife with the restless souls of those whose lives were claimed by the ever-hungry furnaces, whether or not you believe in ghosts or residual energies. There is more than enough evidence to prove that Birmingham's Sloss Furnace is a location rife with paranormal activity. The negativity absorbed by the grounds and the very minerals used to produce the valued pig iron remains there still, watching and waiting for those whom they can transfer onto and spread even further. After all, energy cannot be created or destroyed only transferred. <laughs>